What's up, guys? It's me, Lori, a.k.a. Loretta Child, the sex reporter, co-host of the Insatiable podcast with Big Smiley. Um, I'm back again tonight. It's pretty late. I had a really busy day, so I wasn't able to record any earlier, but I didn't want to not post, you know, another question. Before I get into the questions today, I wanted to actually play a call in from someone about the topic from yesterday which was jealousy i feel like some stuff came in after i closed the episode out and it was all good i want to i'm going to include that in the eventual episode of our podcast that we do Um, but if you guys haven't listened yet you can feel free to go ahead and listen to it while it's live on anchor Hello, hello, hello. I love your topic on jealousy. I had an ex-husband, actually, that caused a lot of my jealous, I guess, habits because he did cheat on me for the longest time, and it was a very toxic relationship, and I actually caught myself sorry, wanting to check my current spouse's phone at one point early on in our relationship, and I, I did stop. I had to stop and be like, wait why like he hasn't actually given me a reason why am i punishing him for something my ex did to me that that's where i stopped myself because i felt like it wasn't fair to him he had not given me a reason to distrust him that my ex did so i shouldn't put all those negative emotions on him so i don't know that's just me but thank you for the topic I loved it. Mad props for recognizing that within yourself and figuring out how to deal with it and make your current relationship better. Because I know that it was a process for me learning, you know, to sort of unlearn that behavior, I guess. And once I did, it was really freeing because, you know, I didn't let my own emotions consume me. So I think that's a good feeling. I also feel like something I learned just to close this out on jealousy for now, I'm sure we'll revisit it, is that the jealousy that I used to feel came from this sense of ownership. And I think that's something that's taught in society. I feel like I grew up learning that my partner was somehow like my property. And I, I mean, not literally, but you know, we do feel like, oh, that's my girl. That's my man. Um, you know there's even a song where we talk about like i don't know if you guys remember the song where my girl's at and he's talking and she literally says that's my property and she's referring to her man so i mean i i grew up very much feeling that way i guess and when you have that mentality it's very easy to fall into this attitude of like oh don't touch my man that's my man you can't do this and i did feel like that with and 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 I didn't realize when I was younger that that's not fair to another person. You cannot own another person. You are in a consensual relationship in which you both agree to be there. And at some point, if the person, the other person does not agree, then that person is not quote unquote yours. Uh, Even when they are in the relationship, they are not yours. You can't control what they do. You can't control how they live their lives. It's 100% their choice to be with you, whether that is going to be exclusive or whether it's going to be, you know, non-exclusive. So as long as there's the respect there and you can set the parameters for yourselves, then 
you should respect that person's autonomy and that person's independence. And so that's what I've sort of learned. And that's one of the incentives that I have to pay really close attention to my jealousy and whether it's fair and rational. Moving on to the next topic, Smiley and I are going to do an episode about the culture around who pays on the first date. And I'm curious to hear from you guys, whether you're a traditionalist or not, if you think that's changing, if you think maybe these old school traditions are maybe out of date, given the fact that we don't live in this sort of heteronormative society anymore. But even beyond that, you know, we also live in a society where people are on dating apps and going out constantly maybe with people that they don't really know like that they don't even know if they like them so is it really fair to expect men to always pay when just because that's what they always did um if you are a man do you feel obligated to do that and do you think that's fair or are you happy to do it if you're a woman what how how does that sort of you know payment not no payment how does that change the way you might look at a prospective date. Do you have a personal preference? I wanna hear it all. Let me know. Hey Lori, yo Lori, hey Lori, what's up? What's up, what's up, what's up? It's What's Up Wednesday. I'm so glad you're on this platform, man. I really am. I know when, um, like you said it before, you know, that you was gonna be on here, I was like, man, when she gonna hurry up and get here? Then when you got here, you start making content and yeah. So I'm glad you're here because I enjoy your station and keep doing what you're doing. Love, peace, and chicken grease. I'll let you later. Hey, Laurie, Safa here. So very traditional background, as you can imagine. I haven't dated in like 15 years, so my views are probably a little outdated. But yeah, I always talk to, you know, you're asking the woman out, therefore you have to pay. Uh, so always went with that. I must have paid about 98% of all of the dates that I had. There were some women who did insist on paying, uh, and we had to have a plot argument, and then eventually go Dutch. And now, you know, and as soon as I did that with one woman, I, I didn't, I didn't take offence the next time a woman offered to pay, um, but I always insisted that we go Dutch rather than she pays. You know, I, I just it, there's only so there's only so much my my traditionalism will go. All right, uh, Dutch was as by as far as I would go, and I have to say that those women that wanted to go Dutch were very independent. They had, you know, their their own car, their own their own apartment, their own job, and uh, and I had to I had to acknowledge and appreciate that, and uh, and give them their opportunity to contribute, and and that seemed to work well for me. And for I think it's important that we don't feel embarrassed to express how we feel on the subject. And I think this is one of those things where people may not be fully willing to explain their point of view. But I guess what I want to emphasize with every single one of my questions and all of my discussions is that we often do might, you know, talk in generalizations and we share our opinion as if those opinions are fact. But when I what I do with this podcast and what I do with my website is emphasize the fact that we all have different points of view and we all have a right to those points of view. And it's totally fine to bring them up, to talk about them, uh, to disagree with each other, to debate with each other. But at the end of the day, whatever it is that you feel is, the re- is your reality and your reality exists, therefore it is also our reality. That said, I'd like to, you know, I'm really interested in hearing your, you know, these perspectives because I think what happens these days is 
we get a lot of clashing of principles. People meet up and they might not agree on who's supposed to pay and that leads to some really awkward moments, maybe even some funny ones. But really, like, how do you resolve that conflict when you've got two people meeting up and one might be a traditionalist and the other one isn't and might even be offended by tradition? I don't know. So if you've ever been in a situation where it was like, you know, you didn't really know what to do because you didn't know what rules to follow, share that too because, you know, I think we can all learn from it. I like to think about things from all sides. And when I think about tradition in terms of who pays on the first day, I think back to what things were like when those traditions came about. So we're talking about a society where women were not encouraged to uh, pursue their, their right to pleasure. And sex was seen as something that exclusively served men. And in those situations, you almost you just wanted to avoid at all costs being the girl who seemed disposable, who wasn't worth a guy's time or wasn't worth a guy's money. So there would be traditions like, I think this might even still be going on in some parts of the US, but you would go and ask parents for permission to court their daughter. You would give them some sort of symbol, like a letter or something like that, to show that that girl was with you and you were quote unquote going steady. I did not, for the record, grow up with any of these traditions. In New York, we didn't do things like that. I think the closest we came to chivalry, which I very much appreciated was, you know, back in the day, it would be really cute when a guy would go all the way out of his way to take you home and make sure you got home safe because New York wasn't always as safe as it is now. And going back home on a subway like really late at night uh, as a woman alone wasn't the smartest thing to do. So if a guy really cared about you, he would take that subway ride with you if he didn't have a car and go all the way out of his way, even if he lived in another borough and even if it was gonna take him two hours to get all the way home, he would do that. And that was a signal that he was serious. So there are these little ways and they're not always monetary that I feel like society has set up to test the seriousness of what someone thinks about you. And some of them were based on sexist and chauvinist ideals. And some of them, yes, some of them are just about chivalry and 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 just custom, right? And I'm definitely, I mean, personally, I'm not immune to, to wanting those things. I don't think that this is a requirement, but I personally like it when a man takes a lead in the relationships that I'm in. So yes, that lends itself to men who like to pay on the first date, men who like to pick me up and drop me off and things like that. And I do appreciate those things and I tend to like men who do those things. Do I judge men who don't? No. Uh, it just, I think coincidentally, I don't. most of the guys that I have ended up in relationships with have been those types of chivalrous men. But I think things are changing and I don't think that you know, it's, it's a given that men should take leads in relationships anymore. I think there are many women who would very much love to take the lead themselves and exercise their independence. I wouldn't say I don't exercise my independence. I very much do. But, you know, every everyone has their own preference. And I think it's fascinating to hear what those preferences are. And of course, it's worth noting that not all relationships are between heterosexual men and women. So that needs to be noted as well. That's it for today, guys. So thank you for those who have called in so far. If you haven't yet and you still want to respond to any of these topics, it's open. This is 
The station is the place where we accept call-ins for the podcast Insatiable. It's not the podcast itself, but it's the place where I throw some questions out there so that people can give their feedback or maybe make some suggestions. And speaking of suggestions, I'd love to hear also comments from you on what questions you'd like to throw out there, what topics you'd like to see discussed. So I hope to hear more and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.